Hey, what's going on? Thank you for joining in just one more time, another time. Thank you for joining in with Ambassadors Inspired to Inspire. And as usual, we're just going to jump right in. So, okay, so what we're talking about right now is a continuation of marriage prayers, uh, that was by or that was by Tony Evans, uh, day twenty one, and talking about obedience, right? So, what I do is I read it, you know, just kind of get in, you know, dive into it, get into it. Then didn't I just begin to just allowing the Holy Spirit just to lead and guide me, looking up the scriptures, things of that nature, information, and just going from there, and then being able just to share it, and it hopefully. This helps somebody. Hopefully, it helps somebody, and it helped me. Uh, and just and just studying, just understanding different things. Because so far, I tell you what, when I begin to look up words and looking up things, scriptures, and I'm in my mind, I'm thinking like, okay, I know what this means. Okay, I got it. All right, easy peasy. Man, am I wrong? Uh, man, when when the Holy Spirit begins to give you. Uh, revelation of something it it just blows your mind and 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 then the simplicity of things so as we said day 21 talking about obedience so obedience the uh ophthalmology uh of that word so it means the uh the practice of virtue of submission to a higher power or authority so uh so check this out so the Holman's Bible Dictionary says it like this, to hear God's word and act accordingly. The word translated obey in the Old Testament means to hear and is often translated, right? So now in the New Testament, several words describe obedience. One word means to hear or to listen in a state of submission. Another New Testament word uh, often translated obey means to trust. Wow. A lot. And just in saying the meaning of this or just explaining just in the word uh, obedience. So uh, another definition says the person's obedience, res- obedient response to God's word is a response of trust or faith. Wow. Wow, just that little bit right there. So, so thus to uh, to really hear God's word is to obey God's word, right? It further goes on to point out two things. One, true obedient means imitating God in holiness, humility, and love. We want to check out First Peter uh, one and fifteen, and then Philippians two five through eight. All right, and. As always, I love reading the Amplified Bible. The Amplified Bible just helps me understand things and uh, in, in the simplest form to me, as far as you're reading, getting an understanding of what you're reading, what the context is saying, what is the inspired word, uh, you know, getting across to me, right? So, First Peter, First Peter one and fifteen, the Amplified says, "But like the Holy One who called you, be holy." yourselves and all your conduct be set apart from the world by godly character and moral courage man still talking about obedience right being like him 
uh, Philippians 2, 5 through 8. And it says, have the, have the same attitude in yourself, which was in Christ Jesus. Look to him as your example in selfless humility, who, although he existed in the form and unchanging essence of God, as one with him, possessing the fullness of all the divine attributes, the entire nature of deity, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped or, or asserted as if he did not already possess it or was afraid of losing him, but emptied himself without renouncing or diminishing his deity, but only temporarily giving up the outward expression of divine equality and his rightful uh, uh, dignity by assuming the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. He became completely human by what was without, excuse me, completely human, but was without sin. Being fully God and fully man, man. Verse eight says, after he was found, uh, excuse me, after he was found in terms of his outward appearance as a man for for a divinely appointed time, he humbled himself still further by becoming obedient to the father to the point of death even death on a cross. I mean, and I, you know, I had to underline that. He humbled himself still further by becoming obedient to the Father to the point of death, even death on a cross. Wow. That's obedient. That's hearing. That's submission. That's trusting. All right, let's go to point point number two, right? Two was, it says, true disciples do the will of of God. That's coming to Matthew 7 and 21. Once again, in Amplified, it says, not everyone, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, I'm underlining this, this part here, but only he who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Again, it's talking about obedience, right? It's submission, trust, but only he who, who does the will of my father who is in heaven. With that being said, how does this apply to relationships and marriage, right? When I hear the word obedience, the first the first thought that comes to my mind is you got to listen to me, right? It's almost like that other word that people don't like to hear, right? It's called submission. <laughs> right? As soon as you hear submission, you know, so you're looking at you hearing obedience, you're hearing submission, and you're like, what? No, man. No, you you the first thing in my mind is that no, I'm not, I'm 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 not. I'm not being obedient and submissive to you. Who do you think you are? And you're talking to a person, right? A human. Who do you think you are? God? But <laughs> God is saying yes, right? We're not, we got to look at it from a different standpoint, but let's keep on going. Although I thought, although, right, I thought these two words were similar, they were not, right? <laughs> not at all. So what's the difference between submission and obedience, right? So obedience is following orders commands or instructions. Obedience does not guarantee a person willingness to comply with orders. Let me say that again. Obedience does not guarantee a person's willingness to comply with orders. It is a reaction to a command where the individual has little choice to reject or oppose the authority. 
Now, submission is yielding to power and authority. In submission, a person has respect and love for those in power. Unlike unlike obedience, where the individual succumbs to power merely as a reaction to power, in submission, the individual's reaction is guided by genuine desire to follow instructions, right? So I got to give credit where I get information from, right? Uh, because that's what we do, right? We get information, we share it. So that came from the, uh, it's, it's a www.differencebetween.com, right? No copyright or perjury or anything of that nature coming this way, right? Giving the credit to. So now, moving on. So again, how does that apply to relationships and marriage? How does that apply to relationships and marriage. I told y'all I'm not going to be before you long. I try to just get in there and say what needs to be said and jump on out. Well, the first thing to understand is this. Our obedience is not unto man. It's not unto man nor nor woman. The first thing to understand is this. Our obedience is not unto man nor women, right? As believers in God, Right. As believers in God, the father through Jesus Christ, our first obligations, obligation of obedience is to God. Right. John 14 and 15 amplifies. It says, if you really love me, you will keep and obey my commandments. Wow. You have a wait a minute. Oh, what do you mean? What do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? Just, just keep listening. Just keep listening. Right. In our obedience unto God, we will obey his inspired word for us. Why? Why? This is why I'm saying this is why our, our, our obedience is unto God. It's unto God. Don't get it confused or mixed up and thinking that, oh man, but you know what? It says that, you know, leaders and authorities, those over you and things of that nature, everything has a place. When God is explaining something, everything, everything has a place. He's given instructions. He's given guidance. He may use allegories. He may use uh, things that are similar to, he, he may use different type of things that's going to relate to help you to understand. But our first and foremost uh, obligation of obedience is to God. That's the first thing. He gave us inspired. He gave us his inspired word for a reason. Why did he do it? Because it is profitable for instruction, right? For conviction of sin, for correction of error and restoration to obedience. For training in righteousness, learning to live in conformity to God's will, both publicly and privately, behaving honorably and personal integrity and moral courage so that the man of God, this includes women, so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, outfitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's our first, that's why, right there. That's why, I mean, he's God, he's God alone, right? But then we just read 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. Therefore, right, we reap 
Therefore, we reap the benefits of our obedience unto God through Christ Jesus, right? Ephesians 5.33 sums it up so plainly to me. It reads this, right? Again, Amplified Bible. However, each man among you without exception is to love his wife as his very own self with behavior worthy of respect and esteem, always seeking the best for her with an attitude of loving kindness. And the wife must seek must see to it that she respects and delights in her husband, that she notices him and prefers him and treats him with loving concern, treasuring him, honoring him, and holding him dear. Come on now. Come on. Come on. I, I, I told you. Our first obligations of obedience, right, is unto God. It is unto God. When we keep God first, and we're obedient unto him, then we begin to see how we will reap the, the benefits or the manifestations of, of his of, of his word and the benefits that we have. We heard we, we read just earlier and talking about how it instructs us, how it keeps us, uh, and things of that nature, right? We just read that. And then we just read and it talked about, about the husband and the wife. The husband and the wife. We just read about it. So what part of this uh, metaphoric expression, right? What part of that does not point out the benefits of obedience? It mentioned loving concern, behavior worthy of respect and esteem, always seeking the best with an attitude of loving kindness, respect, delights in, treasury, honoring one another. Where's the disadvantage in obedience unto God through Christ Jesus? Huh? Where is it? Where's the disadvantage? There is none. For our marriage and for relationships, in order for for them to be in a place of constant growth and development, we have to come on one accord and understand that we have to keep God first, right? We must accept, believe, and uh, and confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior because the only way to the Father is through Christ Jesus. That means there's there's a requirement for us to repent, right, and accept, believe, and confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Keeping God first in everything that we do. Keeping Him first. So when we keep Him first and we and we're we're obedient to him and our submission to him. Look at the benefits that we get in our relationships. Look at the benefits that we get in our marriage, right? Look at what we get. Let me read, let me, let me, let me read this again, right? Let me read this again. It mentions what? Loving concern, behavior worthy of respect and esteem, always seeking the best with an attitude of loving kindness respect, delights and treasure, honoring one another, there is no disadvantage in obedience unto God through Christ Jesus for the marriage. There is none, none at all. Those are just those things. So if we move past the carnal thinking of obedience and understand the righteousness of obedience unto God, we will operate in submission under obedience. Yielding 
to the power and authority of God through Christ Jesus, following his example, his orders, commands, and instructions with a willingness to comply and trust. Wow. Let let, let me read that again. Let me read that. If we move past the carnal thinking of obedience and understand the righteousness of obedience unto God, we will operate in submission under obedience, yielding to the power and authority of God through Christ Jesus, following his examples, orders, commands, and instructions with a willingness to comply and trust. Excuse me, with a willingness to comply and trust. Amazing. And look, so check this out. I talked about briefly, I just said about repentance, right? Accepting Christ Jesus. I would be wrong if I didn't take the time out and just say, let's let's pray. Let's do a prayer uh, for salvation. Father God, I repent from the sins I've committed. And I ask that you forgive me. I accept, believe, and confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray, amen. Look here. Obedience unto God will benefit you in your relationship and your marriage. If we move past the carnal thinking, the carnal thinking of obedience and understand the righteousness of obedience unto God, we will operate in submission under obedience, yielding to the power and authority of God through Christ Jesus, following his examples, orders, commands, and instructions with a willingness to comply and trust. If we just keep God first, and our relationships and our marriage, if we keep him first, then we will see the manifestation of God's word and our growth and our constant growth and development in our relationships and our marriage because we're being obedient unto him with a willingness to comply and trust. Hey, y'all, thank you for joining again ambassadors inspired to inspire until next time be inspired to inspire thanks for joining god bless